Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mailbag where we answer your questions to help you with your team this 2023 season. My name is Damo and Clarky is also here. How are you, mate? Wonderful as every week. I, I did I did alright this week, um, but hey, introduce our guests and then I want to hear about your trip to Gather Round. Okay, we'll get into that. Um, our guest this week is Cam from the Draft Doctors, also a game day squad, draft format guru, but also plays classic and is a wealth of knowledge. How are you, mate? That last part is a straight lie, but doing really, really well. And uh, thanks for having me on as always, guys. Legends. Yep. So what do you want to know about Gather Round, Clarky? Damo, you went to Gather Round. How good was football <laughs> in Adelaide? Adelaide Oval is actually is actually really really good. I I I don't I still don't like how it looks, but I have to admit, like wherever you sat, you could see everything. Yeah. Um. There was no lines to get any of the food. Um. I went to the Adelaide Carlton game on that Thursday night with Baron, and Baron's obviously a big Crows man. He, like, I was pretty much having the full Crows experience, and when the Crows won, it was even better because. Everyone was singing and throwing their scarves up, and it was just—it was incredible. And I know Lek Dog is a Carlton fan, but um, <laughs> hey, I was—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm an Adelaide Crows guy now, I guess. I think the most—the thing that I hear that's most exciting about that whole experience is that I actually think you lent into the Crows more knowing that Lek was in trouble. it's like look at all these scarves i wonder how lex doing who cares the scarves (laughs) man these scarves represent one of my close friends misery but also one of my close friends happiness um went out to norwood as well to watch the dockers game that that oval was prepared really well um getting into the stadium was a bit weird because i've only got one entrance and there was a big, big line, and they didn't let us in until like an hour before the match started. So they would have been better off just opening the gate when they opened everything else. Um, Norwood reminds me a lot of the old Subiaco Oval precinct that they had it that they had here. Yeah. So it was almost like I was going back in time and and back to WA for a couple of hours. But no, Norwood Oval looked really good. The oval was quite narrow though, and. So teams weren't switching or weren't successfully switching the play very well. So, and I know the Dockers like to do that. I know the Suns like to do that. And neither team was having much luck with it. So, it was a good game, good close game. Um, the Dockers won probably. They probably, probably, they probably would have won by more if they turned up in the first half. But you know, Go for the tips. I was copping a lot of flack in the group chat for tipping Frio, and man, those like that last half really made me feel good. <laughs> The, the Dockers and Gold Coast have, have never had blowout games. That's that's the weird part. When, like, they've always been a team that never can that can never put away the Suns, and I don't know why. It's just one of those teams that matches up well against them, and it's kind of annoying. Very good. And you also uh, went to see my heart get broken in person as well. Oh, yeah, I went to the Essendon and Melbourne game, so I was cheering for Patch and... Not cheering. Oh forward, yeah, I see Clarkie. how it is. I see how. No, it is. see, see, I said to see Baron came to, with me to that game as well, and we were oh, both like, okay. "Are we happy for Patch or are we sad for Clarky?" And Baron said, "I'm happy for football." So, nah, look, Essendon should feel good about that game, but also no Jake Lever and no Max Gordon, two of like one of our best tall defenders and our best ruckman. That's 
it's interesting. Essen can be good this year. Yeah. Um, the thing that stood out to me was Essendon was just, it looked simple what they were doing and, um, it, and like it was, it, it was effective. Very good. So successful trip. Successful trip. I want to go to the next one. Unfortunately, it has to be in Adelaide again, but, um, but that's all right. Adelaide was cool. Upgrade season is upon us. New dual position players have landed. Some useful, some not so much. Which player getting dual position status has tickled your fancy now with their new position, Cam? Oh, geez. There's a few. Um, probably, maybe I'll throw to Clarky first. I, I want to stew on this for a little bit, if that's okay. Well, somebody has to take the low-hanging fruit. Harry Sheasel, welcome to Defenders. Finally, where you rightfully belong and where I've wanted you ever since I saw you playing off the halfback in round one. Welcome. I, that, I, that is useful. Um, that's it's allowed me to sort of switch my team around a little bit and bring in a couple of other players that I was looking at. So, yep, I like that call. Jordan Dawson can now be picked up in the midfield, which a lot of people will like as well, considering the midfield is where all the rookies are at the moment. Cam, really, have you I really, found one? Yeah, I, I, guy's got a good name. Uh, I think this Cam McKenzie. Um, I, I actually really liked him picking up forward status, to be honest, because it gives me a little bit of flexibility from a rookie perspective. I think he's got yep. probably a little bit more um, cash to generate. And if that's the case, then you know being able to flip him between mid and forward just gives me that little bit more flexibility to offload one of the others um, in, in one of those lines. So after being the sub, I believe his break even is about eighty yeah. nine. Are you are you happy to ride that out and for it to go Correct. back down again? Yeah, yeah. I, I think okay. it'll be a pretty quick return to to stability. So there's probably maybe a, a week or two of pain, but he should return. Yeah. He's he's a good player, right? All right. Yeah. It's just going to be tied a lot to his CBAs, um, which I think is probably the reason why people are. Because it's it's as you said, upgrade season demo. So I think it's it's easy to pick a guy who right now is in a down sum, but they clearly want him to play through that midfield in that twenty to thirty percent CBA rotation, yeah. which you know is going to produce effective enough numbers. And you know we still need to see who's actually stepping forward to replace him, um, unless you're going to go straight upgrade. And that there's like there's so many players that you've probably got on your field at the moment that are producing worse outcomes, right? So for me, it's like, how do I target getting those guys off the field? And I'm okay with, you know, even if, you know, at the end of the day, in three or four rounds time, Cam McKenzie loses a little bit of cash. He's probably still producing better on-field scores than, um, you know, some like a Darcy Wilmont or, you know, some one of those like really cheap rooks. Yeah. Oscar Baker, I think, is probably yeah. higher on my list of... I think he's kind of like unless he has like a game where he kicks like an important goal or anything like that. I think that's where that that ninety sort of ceiling mm. that he has shown is kind of okay. Well, they want to use him a lot, which is great for you know his consistency. But I think he's going to sit in that sixty-ish fifty range forever, which that's is scary for me. Well, and and it's not the first winger at the Dogs to score pretty mediocre, right? So Lockie Hunter was pretty average there last year and the year before. Yeah. Um, Bailey Dale, when he was on a wing, was kind of a bit average before he moved to half back. I think it's a consistent Bevo style of footy that makes wingers not really that um, that prominent. 
We've got some uh, listener questions as we head into upgrade season. The first one comes from Corey on Twitter. Who do we rate higher as a trade acquisition this week? Tuke Miller, Tom Stewart, or Lockie Neal? They've, they've all got pretty high break even, so whoever you don't select is still going to be pretty achievable if that's the price point that, that you can get. Um, who do we who, who do we like the most out of those three? Probably, for me, it's probably Tuke Miller just as a bit of a point of difference. I, I think the other two will be more favourably selected almost across the park. Um, and, I, yeah, I think Tuke can can go a little bit better than he's going at the moment and, and return some good form. I don't know. What about you guys? I think um, if if I write, write them into a, a list, I'd probably go Tuke, Stewart, and then Neil, but only because Geelong and Gold Coast have that really favourable early buy where it's mm. just them. So it's kind of you, you crack them out of the way and then they're not impacted by the rounds where we've got four to seven teams or so on that thing. And as well, they're both, you know, Lockie Neal, yes, he's got that 90 break even at the moment, but he's also the most expensive out of all of them. So you're getting kind of less value for that upgrade. Whereas Took, I saw somewhere in the Twitterverse, and I apologize for not having the direct source, but I did see that Gold Coast's run coming up is against teams with quite favorably let opposing midfielders score which sure. is really delicious if true yeah um so if you jump on Tuke Miller you get him against North Melbourne this weekend and we saw what Lockie Neal did against them in um in the, in the Adelaide Hills so yeah Tuke's probably my number one um I don't mind Tom Stewart but I actually have Lockie Neal ahead of Stewart just at the moment I Tom Stewart's break-even is 121, so his price won't move too much this week. So, yeah, Miller, Neil, and then Stewart for me if I had to rank them in order. I I'd still have, like, there's a, a lingering question I have on Tom Stewart anyway, just around consistency uh, with Mitch Duncan off the halfback. I, I just, until a couple more games with Mitch Duncan, I, I want to see that he can produce consistent scores where, you know, in the past he's been like a super high scoring defender every week, but um, towards the end of last year, Mitch Duncan off the halfback sort of ate into his score. And like, yeah, I reckon it might happen again. Who did Geelong have coming up? They've got the Swans this weekend and they're at GMHBA. Yeah. Good, good for, good for scoring. So I Mm. think that'll be, that'll be a good, show I think of whether Duncan is drastically affecting Stuart. Yeah. Um I brought Stuart in last week myself just because it, it's kind of the same reason why I think we're all saying kind of Took sits at the top of that list where the the price to what you're getting, like the proven scoring potential of what you're getting is really, really good. And Neil is also in that bracket, but you know, you're kind of pinching pennies when you're getting down to a oh, wall, well, do I pick two? Do I pick Neil, as far as mids go, but I think Stewart's probably going to be a must-have defender at this price, whether mm. you get him this week or next week, or you know the week after even. I just think that there's probably others to look at as well in the price range. You know, like um, if you don't have him at the moment, like Caleb Sarong's been on a tear. He's Ooh. been unreal, and he's five, he's cheaper than all three. You know, there's value there. 
we've actually got a question uh, about Sarong. So, so smooth so, transition, Damo. So we'll we'll jump to <laughs> we'll jump to that one. Jeffrey had on on Twitter has he's tagged me in the question, so I think he wants me to answer it. He, he wants to know how legit is Sarong and. People keep asking what happens when Andrew Brayshaw finds his feet finds his feet for the season, and um, it was mentioned a couple of weeks ago that he's still working his way back to full fitness. No idea what the injury was or is, but Longmuir keeps saying that he's close. Um, in, <laughs> Someone's covering for him. It sounds like in 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 Sarong's favour though, Justin Longmuir said at this morning's press conference that. Brayshaw doesn't need to impact by getting 25 to 30 disposals every single game. And so I'd, I'd say based on early form, Sarong is probably the main man, but I don't know. It's 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 hard to say whether it'll be kept up for the whole season. Um, I, I, I like the selection though. It, it kind of, it, 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 it's different. It's, it's not the same six or not the same six, seven, eight names that people have been throwing around early in the season. It's someone a little different that we didn't quite expect. And you're getting him at a good price at about 570k. So if he's going to keep, keep up the form, if he's going to average what 108, 110 is, he's, he's a good one to close out your midfield with, even if he doesn't, even if he comes, comes in now and he, and he moves down the pecking order as the season progresses. So this, it kind of reminds me of something that we, we, spoke about over text demo where you kind of made the comment this is kind of probably a flippant comment that i'm just bringing back to like not shade in you but it's you said that you know it's sometimes it's nice to get on someone while they're having their purple patch yeah and this like this could be the time to get on sarong and then if he starts dipping but his price has gone up to you know that 620 you know it's like 600 bracket which is almost there i think he's like 580 yeah odd so just, yeah, yeah, they're odd. So I mean, this is kind of like I don't think we don't have any data to suggest that this is going to be like this forever. In fact, we probably have the opposite. But get while the getting's good is also, you know, if you have the luxury to make those trades because you've not burnt say ten trades to get your team to somewhere acceptable, like some people in this podcast. He um, he, he had he had a similar form line to end the 2021 season. I can't exactly remember what he averaged, but he and Brayshaw were both producing a one 110s to 115s each week to close out the season. So I, so, so maybe last year was a bit of a change for him, and now he's kind of moved up to that level again. So it might be a Luke Parker situation where um, I think Dog points out every preseason that Luke Parker has a good year and then a bad year, a good year and then a bad year. And... We, there's nothing to say why it's just, mm. it just it, it, it just happens i i think it um just looking at it as well right so he's in his what fourth year now uh and last year he still had the lingering not not lingering that's a really harsh way to say it's a harsh thing to say for monday but um you know he still had a lot more competition there whereas now he's kind of the main guy like there's it's him and it's brayshaw and there's enough room for both of them to score well so um. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of think it will continue. That's that's yeah. what I. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of um, it's the Christian Petrarca and Clayton Oliver thing, isn't it? Where yeah. it's yeah, good call. You know, there's there's games where Christian Petrarca is going to score 150, but it's usually going to be Clayton Oliver. Like, but there are just going to be these moments where it kind of fluctuates between the two because they're two talented footballers. So, I don't know. Go for it, Jeff. This is my answer. Why not? 
I've seen your team. You don't need help. <laughs> if anything, he should be helping us. No, uh, I want to beat him on my own merit. <laughs> Zach Butters, nice CBAs two weeks in a row. So he's gone 68% and 64%. Um, went big on the weekend, has a nice price drop. So he's, he's, he's right for the picking. Um, Mardo wants to know what our thoughts are. Um, so had a look at this because he mentioned the CBAs. Last two weeks, Boke and Sam Pell Pepper haven't attended a single centre bounce. I, think, I don't I don't know if that will continue. Has Butters kind of been built? He's kind of been building into the season. I'm, once again, I'm not coming with any sources, but I do have a vague recollection of there being some information somewhere where it was kind of they're easing him into it. Like yeah, he was and, injured and in the injured in the preseason. Yeah, so that's go. probably where. Yep. So I can see a world where this is only going to continue. Um, I mean, it's not for me. Like it's it's kind of a I'd rather miss this boat just because Zach Butters has probably burnt a lot of us before. But at this point, you're not buying him at top level. So I think. It's it's something to consider, but I don't think it's the move for this week until we see that continue. Like once he's set in that role, we know that's what he's doing week in and week out. And especially like he played his absolute little butters the little pants off mm. on the weekend. So it's not like he just did it in a flippant game against you know Hawthorne or like even a mid ranging then like a GWS Gold Coast that kind of team. It was like oh no no no. We're on the we're under the pump here. Like we want this. Like go hard. I've got a sneaking suspicion that the dogs are positive mid differential. So like I'll check check it now and get back to you. But I think they're they're easy to score on for mids. Um, I love which... live math. Yep. <laughs> I'm so I so rarely often do it for myself that I love seeing it. Uh, I uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't hate the selection. I just don't know if he's the number one priority for this week. I, well, who, who are you getting him uh, in place of? Well, yeah, who who are you trading out? But uh, which spot has opened up in in your team? I guess is 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 the other question. Yeah, like but, I'm not trading Setterfield to Butters because the the upside that Butters has, like you know, if I was going if I was going to take a risk and go straight from a you know a Chandler or even you know. Uh, like a Davy because we don't know if he's coming back this week or not. And I was just going straight for, I'm upgrading. I know I've got faith that Butters is going to do it. So I, I was very wrong, just by the way. It's a, they're, <laughs> they're, they're about even to score on uh, for inside mids. but um, The important thing is that we know it's correct. 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 So, um, but I like, if I look at that position and you want to upgrade someone in that position, and you still want to generate cash because you probably want to go from a rookie, you know, who's topping out from a cash perspective to a, you know, if you can one down, like, you know, a couple of trades to boost up um, to someone. But man, my eye at the moment is on um, Rochelle. I genuinely think his value at the minute is just like, it's not something that you're essentially getting a butter's output with a similar CBA rotation in a high scoring team for hundred K less. It's a, I, I, I think it could be a, a bit of a bargain and yeah, I don't know. It gets me a little bit excited. I'll, I'll probably be bringing him in this year, this week. 
Just on oh. Rochelle, I think he's taken Ben Key's centre bounce attendances. So, and yeah, the the risk will be if they because Sam Berry has been kind of injured slash omitted. <laughs> if if he comes <laughs> if he if he comes <laughs> omitted awareness. <laughs> If he comes back in, then it could impact him. But you know, he it was a tight three-person rotation for Adelaide, and he was in it. So that that's pretty good. I hate to say it, but Adelaide really look exciting as well. Like, why why would they mess with something that's really working? Mm. Like, I for the first time in a long time, and Baron, if you're listening, I'm sorry to have to say this, but for the first time in a long time, I've been watching Adelaide games and going, "Oh, can they look all right?" Mm. <laughs> look, they look good. Is Callum Wilkie the real deal? That comes from Mia on Twitter. So, averaging 101.3, 503k, he's not taking kick ins. So, his scoring is purely from acts he does on the field. No. No. Yeah, no. We don't think he's the real deal. So, so I think he's got the role that I think they would have given to Caulfield. Uh, until Caulfield got injured with his calf or whatever. And Caulfield's still, I think, four-ish weeks back uh, until he comes back. But And Wilkie's never done it before. He's not a young chap from memory. I think he's like mid to late 20s, I think. Uh, That's kind of math I can do. Yeah, let, let me, let's do more live math. Uh, and, and so for me, I just don't see... God, I hope he's mid to late 20s. He is 27. Bang. Uh, Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, I, I just don't see a world. I, I can't understand why it would be something that persists. Two scores as well, like well under 100, like uh, 81 and a 51 in it's the a- first two rounds. So I, he's 500 odd K, like just, just pick Jake Lloyd. Yeah. Like there's, there's plenty of other people in that price range that you'd pick over Callum Wilkie, I would have thought. But not to not to sound hypocritical because I did just say a thing about purple patches. So you know mm. what? If you believe it's going to continue, Mia, trust your gut. Yeah, have fun with it. But pick Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Jeffrey Head has submitted a second question: Is it still worth bringing in Jack Zebel even with Aaron Hall potentially returning? Man. That is keeping me up at night in my draft league, to be honest, because I, Jack Zebel is one thing that I got right this year, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> now it's all—it's the threat, the looming threat of Aaron Hall. Yeah. yeah. What does Aaron Hall potentially returning do to Harry to Harry Shazel? That's more what I'm concerned about. Does that mean Harry Shazel moves forward? I. Or- or, or does that mean that Jack Zabel moves forward? Maybe they rest him a bit more because he is a young kid. So maybe we're not going to get these 30-plus games because they're going to ginby him out in the third quarter when North aren't winning. I think Aaron Hall, like just for his whole career, is such a good line breaker. Like he's so quick until he does a hammy. And then it's like not as quick. But, you know, at that he he breaks lines so so well that He'd be such a good sub. You know, he, he's the, the oh, perfect yeah. candidate to come in as a sub and just dominate off the halfback. And so I actually think, to your point, Clarkie, rather than being, oh, it's holes in and it's going to screw both of them, it's actually 
Hall's in for this week as the sub and they're going to rest Zeeble for half the game because Zeeble's also prone to injury and, you know, in the end of his career. And yeah. the the next game they'll rest, you know, Sheasel a little bit because he's young, right? So it could and be, that makes sense. Like yeah. it makes sense from ta- tactically. Like it's Correct. mutually beneficial for all three of them to share the roles and also lower the risk of injury, especially while you've got a young man who's honestly p- probably one of the best in the comp at the moment. Yeah, and so the, to the question, would you, would you does it add risk to bringing in Zebel? Absolutely, like hundred percent, it does, and. It would almost be, it's almost worthwhile waiting probably two weeks just to see what happens with Hall. And then if it doesn't really affect him or if he's in there for a different reason or, you know, maybe they slot him forward because he used to play as a forward, you know, at um, Gold Coast, you know, maybe wait and see would be the answer rather than act now. I don't know if you've got him, Damo, but what were the numbers with Zebel and Hall? You know I've got the numbers because you can see them. I'm trying to throw you. I'm trying to throw it to you. <laughs> why you got to? Why you got to ruin this? Uh, Zebel with Hall averages 103.4, and Hall with Zebel averages 113.1. Hmm. That feels to me misleading because, and the reason I, I say that, sorry, is they that was from that one banger season where yeah. they both were on the halfback and just kicking it to each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, stat for you, stat for me. Correct, yeah. Um, and and whereas what what I think we're talking about is the dynamic will change, and it will be yeah. half of one of them and and half of Hall. For There's also also a different coach in charge as well, so he might see a different role for Hall or Zebel or Sheasel once all three of them are in the team. So we Although, don't know if these numbers are useful or not. Possible bring bring up uh, bring up Sheasel's mid rotations. Bring them all the way up. Crank them up. Bring them all back in. <laughs> I don't know. Why, Why not? I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I don't know. I don't Do know. something. Do anything. Just come... It's north. Like they're already exceeding expectation, and that is so only, true. They're only going to improve over the years. Almost finished with the questions. But we always end by looking at the vice captaincy and captaincy options for the week. Um, who stands out? Who stands out? I like Tim English. I, I like Bont versus Fremantle. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Tim English against Fremantle because I saw something earlier today where Tim English is the best solo ruckman, but Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson is the best ruck combo to start the season. So I don't and so I don't know how English will go against a duo that could potentially shut him down. Um, so I probably would. I'm probably steering clear of Tim English. Um, I like Bond if we're going for someone from the Bulldogs. He scored 134 against Melbourne. That's Melbourne. That's me- that, 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 that's Brody, Melbourne. Dude. Brody Grundy and Max Gorn. Grundy was still finding his feet. I don't know what to tell you. I just saw a stat earlier that said that 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 said what that said what it said. So spoken, I'm spoken I'm, like a, a have faith in him. I don't I don't want you to mock him. Is what I'm saying because I've got the VC on him. Um, anyway. I I also like Josh Dunkley or Lockie Neal against the Giants. Um, that's so those are two that I would 
have a good look at. And depending on who your loop is, you could possibly go for Rory Laird or Jordan Dawson against Hawthorne as a mm. vice captaincy as well, or even a captaincy option, because they could go absolutely bananas, those two. Yeah, disappointing that Madden the loop is on Saturday afternoon. So I mean, it only leaves four people teams. People could to hold on to Caminiti for one more week to use him as a loop because he's not going to mm. lose cash being suspended. Oh, yeah. And you've probably got other people to drop anyway that are going to save you or make you more money anyway, right, um, than Caminiti. But the the game that I'm looking at, and this would be a someone that I'd stream in draft and I'm not sure I'd have the cojones to do it in um, classic, Sydney Swans' defence at the moment is decimated. So Jeremy Cameron could kick a bag. You know what's funny? I captained Jeremy Cameron against West Coast last week. Yeah, okay. In in, in my draft league. Nice. And it, and, and, and it paid off so well. Yes, it did. I, for, <laughs> I, I, I forgot to set my vice captaincy and captaincy. Log, logged in on the Sunday morning and was like, oh, good, my captain hasn't played yet. Jeremy Cameron. Oh, good. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, future um, 2023 Coleman medalist Jeremy Cameron could geez. kick a bag against Sydney. Sort so of. other options for the captaincy is um, Tuuk Miller against North Melbourne. Um, you could probably go for any one of Oliver Grundy or Gorn against Richmond if Gorn returns because Richmond have no Ruckman and they don't shut down your midfield. Um, and, Great news. I need a win, baby. And... Nick Dacos against Essendon maybe is a flyer if you if you're really unhappy with you how your vice captaincy went. I'm concerned about how Collingwood are going to go because as of time of recording, I think it's been confirmed Dan McStay is out. Mm. So Collingwood are pretty much relying entirely on letting the other ruckman <laughs> tap it and trying to steal it. I guess oh, Billy, don't never forget Billy. Uh, Billy Frampton. Former Adelaide Ruckman, now key defender, now Ruckman again. Welcome back. They try to they pull me out, but they keep calling me back in. At what point do we call him Journeyman? <laughs> Journeyman <laughs> Ruckman. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. He, yeah, I don't don't hate uh, anyone against the Pies, honestly. But I was looking at one just before and I've lost Parish my Parish without before. merit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe? I, it's not a bad idea. I just there are better ideas. <laughs> so he's, he's he's an Anzac Day specialist though, right? Like he absolutely dominates if there's a medal on the line. So oh. I think last year he he got like forty eight disposals and then did a hamstring and then did a hammy in like the last quarter and still ended on hundred and sixty points or something. Yeah, so massive. Yeah, Man loves silverware. And the other one, just sneaky good, would be, you know, talking about Took before um, as a captaincy option. So that the team that gives away the most points to midfielders, North. They're coming up on North. It's not a bad option. That's all the questions for today. Cam, thank you for coming on. Great to have you. Where can people find you and consume the content you deliver? Uh, at the Draft Doctors for the Twitters and on the podcasts, you know, whatever your preferred platform is and at the Potato Bake as well is the my handle. Excellent. And Clarky, thank you again for being here. Always a pleasure. 
If you have a question you'd like answered, all you have to do is tag your question with Jock Mailbag on social media or send an email to jockmailbag at gmail.com and we'll talk next time. Go days.